Welcome back to the second episode of A Little Bit of Bad Advice. I'm your host, DJ, with my very good friend, Chuck, on the other end today. What's going on, guys? We're not going to waste too much time. We're going to get right into everything. Um, first, big news of the week, Eli Manning getting benched with our <laughs> uh, fellow fellow resident Giant fan in the uh, building. So how do you feel about that, brother? I mean, I don't think it's the worst idea. I mean, I don't like it. But I don't feel like it's Eli's fault this season, at least, that the Giants aren't doing horrendously. I think it's I think it's more so lying on the defense at this point. Like, why not try to make a change there of some sort? Daniel Jones, he's he's young. He can move out of the pocket. He can throw the ball pretty deep, but he can't hold onto the ball. As you saw in the first game that he played over in uh, week one when he went in for the last few minutes, had a couple good throws, and then immediately threw a or fumbled the ball so that's my it's my take on it right now it might be better when when golden Tate comes back have a little bit of a deep threat there and sterling shepherd wasn't there last week either so i think all those things were the factors on why the giants sucked last week but daniel jones might bring a spark to the team i don't know said you, they said your line looks better yeah, I mean, they like, like I said, like Eli was doing. Eli did fine last week. He did sufficient enough as a quarterback to win the game. But like, if your defense is just looking like some Swiss cheese out there, like there's really not much you can do on offense. One thing I didn't understand was why they, again, stopped feeding Saquon the ball. Did you notice that? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I don't. I don't understand a lot of the things that goes on in that organization, but that's just me, though. Bro, like, he busted off, like, what, like a 60-something yard run in drive one, and then I think he ended the game with, like, 15 touches or something like that. <clears throat> or 20 you're not, not even 20 touches, like, total. If you're not feeding your best player the ball, which has pretty much been one of my problems the first two weeks of the season with Jalen Samuels and James Conner not getting the ball for the Steelers. Yeah. But... I also, again, there's just a lot of questionable management going on on both of our teams. So we could literally probably have a whole podcast about that if we wanted to. If we wanted to talk about it, just getting rid of players and not re-signing players that probably should have been re-signed that make our team better. But yeah, we're not going to talk about the Odell trade. But yeah, that or not re-signing team. Landon. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. That's a lot of money to pay a defensive player. <clears throat> but our defense is the issue. And I just looked it up. Saquon got 15 touches last game after busting out a 59-yard run to make the game 7 nothing us. But you guys, like, you guys drafted Landon Collins, right? Yeah. So, like, my whole thing with that, which, you know, obviously we're not going to spend too much time on it, is just, like, is if you draft somebody – like you should pay them like and they and they play to pretty much the standards that you drafted them for. Yeah, I, I just personally think you should pay them. I mean, I yeah, know it's dude. I know it's a lot of money, but I just think and, you know, you're a math guy. Like the probability of you winning the championship without them isn't much better than you winning a championship with them. I mean, it's so it, it's really like you can't really say like, oh, OK, I'm not going to play this. I'm not going to pay this guy because we're not winning the championship with them. And it's like, well, yeah, but like. Your defense is going to be Swiss cheese, like, and then Literally. you do pay you do pay a guy, which I don't. You know the numbers better than I do, man. Whatever they paid Odell, say you're not going to trade him, and then you trade him. 
<laughs> it's like why why just why like sign him to like a long ass contract like that? Like it just makes no sense. Um, I don't know. And and especially for the return that you got on him. Like that exactly. was what blew my mind. It was like you would you signed him to this this nice deal that, you know, made him happy. And then you're just like, oh wait, just kidding, but you're gonna be doing this in another city. At that point he was just like, Okay. So know, very, very questionable. So yeah. well I guess that wouldn't be the only big fantasy or, or football related news this week. Um obviously with Drew Brees and Big Ben going down. Um, which which one do you think is going to affect the team more, from your opinion? Um, well, uh, I'm going to put it to you this way. Like, I don't think the Saints are going to the playoffs without Drew Brees. And I already didn't think the Steelers were going to go to the playoffs with Big Ben. No offense. Like, I know you're, oh, I know I, you're a diehard I mean, Steelers I, fan. but I'm going to have to go ahead and it, agree with you, bro. You're spot on both of, both of those comments. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I really I, I really think the, the Saints are in the worst position, honestly. I think so. so. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater got three fantasy points last weekend. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> it's the equivalent of, like, 75 yards or something like that. And yes. he took over for Drew Brees in, like, what, the late mid to late first quarter, was it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It was, really, so, it was pretty early. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just going to have a, a lot bigger fantasy like implications than I think Big Ben will because if Teddy Bridgewater's turning it over every four downs, then Kamara's not getting the ball. And, and if he is, he's not doing anything with it. I mean, teams have to like adjust for Drew Brees, like, especially with Michael Thomas out there, too. It's going to affect Michael Thomas and his fantasy value as well. When you have Teddy Ridgewater throwing throwing darts like Cam, yeah, that's that's definitely a situation to monitor in the fantasy world. I um, those are big I, players too. I pretty like much Michael dropped Thomas. anybody not named Michael Thomas that was on this. Or out, well, I don't have Alvin Kamara in any of my leagues, so that wasn't an issue. But yeah, everybody else, I was like, yeah. If you're on the bench, this is this is a situation to watch. So um you can't take up bench space if I don't think you're gonna be producing. I had Latavius Murray and Jared Cook, so yeah, they haven't I mean, really been doing them much. So I would drop them at this point. <laughs> I mean Absolutely. I mean at least like drop them, maybe pick them back up week five. I think Drew Brees is gonna be out for six weeks, I believe. So six to eight. Yeah, so I mean I don't think anyone's gonna pick him up before Drew Brees comes back, but Especially Jared, like especially Latavius Murray, no one's gonna, no one's gonna pick him up. Like no offense to him, like he has done me very well in the past, like fantasy wise with the touchdowns that he gets. But this year with Kamara in front of him and Michael Thomas and you know Teddy Bridgewater trying to trying to throw the water in the ocean, you know. I mean, it's about consistency, man. It's nothing, nothing personal. But if you're not consistent on pretty much the points, then you got to go. Right. I mean, I'd rather have a team that's full of consistent players than have a team that's full of, you know, booms and booms and busts. Like, yeah, they might get you like 30 points one game and then get you like 0.5 the next. Like, I don't want that. I want someone who's going to consistently get me 20. I want most of the people to consistently get me like, you know, middle of that. And then, you know, you have your boomer bust players on there too. How do you feel about Big Ben? That's I mean, that's your that's your team right there. I mean, how do you think that affects your team? 
so in a weird way i think it makes the situation better because i think our offensive coordinator was calling crappy games the first two games and ben wasn't playing much better so not that the injury to ben makes the team better but i think the injury to ben makes the like the situation different so you have to game plan differently you have to do things differently on top of the fact the gm of my team believes that mason rudolph was a first round quarterback that they drafted in the third round and i know that he's improved from what i've seen last year to this year so in those regards i'm not worried about him per se in the sense of like as you stated earlier, I didn't really expect us to make the playoffs anyway. So, I mean, we're 0-2. We have a rookie quarterback. The receivers have looked trash. James Conner has pretty much looked trash. Jay, like, I mean, is but that could be the game plan. But, I mean, I also think we played two pretty, pretty good teams. I mean, I don't think the Patriots or Seattle suck. And, I mean, unfortunately, we play another good team this week, too. So... We'll see. You know, obviously we traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, how do you like that? Uh, I think it's a. I think it was a great trade, man. I mean, obviously, I don't think I would have traded a first. I think that was a little high, and I also believe it was more of a reaction to Big Ben. But I still like the trade. I mean, I don't. Right. I don't think. I don't think the other things take away from the overall. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously. I don't really think that solves the problems of our defense. And, um, you know, as me and my dad always talk about, we have, it's, it's literally like a revolving door of problems. So we have people, we got to resign, you know, people are probably going to be leaving next year. So, you know, how that goes, man. It, it, it's really, it's really one of those things to where it was a great, it was a great trade mm-hmm. in sense of what we're getting right now and long term, but, those are still, you know, draft picks that we're giving up. But I mean, say we end up doing, you know, eight and eight, then that's really like a late first round draft pick. So I mean, you're giving up a late first round draft pick, a fifth that you, you pretty much got for uh, Josh Dobbs that we traded last week, and then you traded a a pick that from the draft after that. So. To me, that was definitely not giving up too much for a player of that caliber who's only 22, 23 years old. So um, saying that we actually pay him when his contract is up, then it's definitely going to be a good signing. But, you know, safeties have a little bit longer lifespan than most other positions. So I'm, yeah. hoping, I'm hoping that he turns out well for the team and stays on the team for a while because he seems like he's a, a pretty intelligent kid and, and – we can definitely use more of those on the football field. Yeah, for sure. How do you think, uh, I mean, what do you think has been James Conner's problem? I know you mentioned that like a little while ago. Honestly, I, I think it's just been game plan. I mean, they've, they, the team as a whole hasn't had more than uh, 15 touches in, the, in either of the games that we've played. So, Yeah, because um, I was seeing dude flying out in like the second round in, in some of my drafts. And to have him performing or putting up the numbers that he's putting up was like, dang, that's, I mean, that's not, you know. So, I mean, you know how that is in fantasy, bro. Like, what we've been playing a long time, and especially for me, like, 
I've noticed that when you draft people, you got to remember like two things. It's like one, you're drafting on last year's expectations. And then two, you're also drafting on hoping that that person is going to perform and not get injured. So obviously the run game and pretty much any, anything outside of the defense, which fantasy is mostly offensive based, offensively based. Um, it's really one of those things where if the team's not producing, then your players aren't going to be producing, especially especially running backs and receivers. But yeah. um, even still, like I said, I, I still think, you know, the Patriots have had a top 10 defense the past few years, uh, and the Seahawks defense is getting better. But, you know, it obviously it wasn't the Legion of Boom. But No. Um, so I saw this reminds me, like, I saw this meme about – Eli, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger, like they was all like cars headed towards retirement. What do you think about that? You think that has any truth? You think any of them are going to retire after this year? I don't know. Uh, Eli might. Um, yeah, that's, I agree with that. Eli might retire. Ben just signed a new contract. He said he's coming back next year. Um, that's another thing me and my dad have briefly discussed a little bit. Uh, he thinks that pretty much unless Ben wants to retire, then he's going to. Uh, we're pretty concerned about just if he's going to actually put in the work to come back. Um, but we'll see. Right. Uh, you know, health has never been something that he's been big on. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays into him coming back. And I don't know what's up with Drew Brees. He's older too. You know, yeah, he's, he's like 39 or something, I think, right? Mm-hmm. He's a little bit, he's a little bit older. So... I don't know. Like a Super Bowl or retire, Super Bowl and retire, or so you know. The other thing is he's not out for the year, so their team is not obviously like is less lesser without him. But at the end of the day, like Sean Payton's a boss, and that's one thing. That's one thing people don't realize. Like like because you know most people are usually talking about Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, but Sean Payton's one of those coaches that. I've personally always liked because he, he Drew Brees to me has never really had a good off, offensive team from this uh, from the standpoint of like dude like just the Steelers like if you look at the Steelers we had, we've had top five running backs uh, top five uh, number um, you know top five wide receivers top you know top five tight ends uh, yeah uh, is like um what's it called. Then we had Juju, who, you know, he's pretty much like one of the, the best rookie offensive players that have come out in a long time, if like if ever, as a receiver. So, I mean, you know, Drew Brees has never had that outside of Michael Thomas. And, I mean, he's had receivers and players over the years that all, that have obviously, like, been talented. But, I mean, when have you ever when have you ever heard about the Saints having, like, an elite defense or, like, a, you know, an, an elite offensive, like, outside of, like, dude, Drew Brees is literally just a boss. Like Drew yeah. Brees is just like slanging that thing all over the field, uh, and you know he's accurate. On top of the fact, like Sean Payton draws up good plays, like, and that's and that's just the thing. Like, good coaches can adapt to the offense. So that's one thing. Like, even though Teddy Bridgewater might not do good from a fantasy standpoint, it's going to be interesting to see like how he does because he's been there for two years, or it might be a longer. Is it two years? Yes. Okay. Um, 
he's been there for two years. He knows the offense, which is like different than some quarterbacks that are just coming in as a backup. You know, they signed him for a reason because they believe in him. So I mean, I don't I don't think anybody should expect the Saints to just completely suck. I just think Teddy Bridgewater has barely played for like the last four or five, you know, three or four years. I mean, he's had yeah. injuries and all other kinds of stuff. And to me, if you if you're on an NFL team, then you can still play in the NFL. I just don't believe that they would keep you around, especially as a backup quarterback on a professional organization that's been successful like that. If you sucked, but I also do think that is the best. You're playing against the best of the best. You haven't played in a few years, and yeah, you might suck the first like week or two, but. Teddy Bridgewater is coming back to a completely different NFL than he was in before. Like oh, he might yeah. not, he might not have even gotten hurt if he had played in the "you can't touch the quarterback" NFL. So I know the flag football, Roger Goodell league. Yeah. So you, you know, Jamal man, Adams had that tweet. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, dude, he was like, he was livid about getting a fine twenty-one grand for uh, hitting Baker Mayfield. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I would Dude, be, it, was, it wasn't even a bad hit. Like it was, it was. I mean, it was just a hit. Like <laughs> I was like, dude. Like how I, I feel you, Jamal. Like I'd be pissed too. I didn't. Um, I didn't see it, but I wouldn't be surprised, man. Honestly, I even that call against Tom Brady in the in the playoffs last year was bogus. But it is what it is, man. I, you know, I I can't. I can't argue with some of the stuff that they do just because obviously the science says how dangerous it is. And obviously you take a, you take a risk, but at the end of the day, it's a business and the business owners have to protect the like their investments. And honestly, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, it seems like a something that's out of greed. But then like, when you really look for it, it's like, well, I mean, can you be mad at somebody for looking out for your health though? Like even, even if it's like, even if it is potentially not with the best intentions, it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's one of those weird things, but I definitely do miss how football used to be played. I can tell you that. Dude, it was so (laughs) fun to watch, man. (laughs) Just Oh, I, I just, I still, whenever I think about that, I think of Sean Taylor just hitting the punter in the Pro Bowl. Man, <laughs> if you haven't you seen know, that, I, man, I, look it up. Oh, of course, man. You know that's one of my favorite plays in NFL history. Dude, it was so freaking awesome. Right, right next to Palomalu and that guy out at USC. <laughs> I don't know if you Dude, ever saw that one. I did, I did. Just Palomalu in general, man, just jumping over the line like. If you can if you can guess the snap count that well, you deserve to jump over the line, like freaking Bobby Boucher. He's a he's an acolyte, bro. I miss <laughs> yeah. I miss I miss Palomalu, man. I know that hair flowing. How's uh how, did you win your games this week this week or? Um, I won all of them except for this one, like freaking keeper league I play in. Like my team is. I mean, I felt like my team was good. I mean, I played against Patrick Mahomes, who got like ninety points. But yeah, if you're like, playing I against Patrick every other Mahomes, it's, it's a rough day. Yeah, like the only time like I would ever beat Mahomes is when he's on bye. But um, no, all my other games went well. Like my teams are performing pretty well. Um, I haven't had really like too close of a matchup yet, like points wise, um, for games that I've won. 
think I've only lost I only lost in that league and so far this season and I lost I've lost both games in that league but I think every other league I'm undefeated in so yeah I'm, I, I looked yours? at it huh I was about to say how's yours going well I looked at it the other day um and so I'm five and one through two weeks in my paid leagues and I'm oh and five in like <laughs> the the leagues I'm not paying any money in. and I'm like I wish interesting hmm? sir I know I'm like I wish I wish that I could have like planned that out balance but I'm like I'm really just doing that poorly and I don't know I don't know what it is man but I'm hoping I bounce back I need it it's it's not time to to panic yet because it's only been two weeks but I don't know if I don't if I don't get a victory this week. Well, I'm I'm projected to win this week, but you know how that goes. Yeah, projections mean you know as much as pretty much like a meteorology report. Yeah, yeah, pretty much or the government. Yeah. Um so you do you have anyone that you're watching on the waiver wire for this next week? Someone that might, you know, be kind of low key? Anything's going to break out? So I picked up Darren Waller, the Oakland tight end. Because okay. that's like an incredibly shallow position. So I'm pretty much looking for yeah. all hands all hands on, on deck. <laughs> it's even worse than running backs too, which is crazy. I didn't, I didn't think tight ends would be worse this year, but somehow they found a way to do it. So yeah. Um, I got him pretty much any of the chief wide receivers I would recommend picking up. I picked up McCall Hardman last week. Oh, okay. Uh, I also picked up Hollywood Brown last <laughs> week. Uh, okay, yeah. Lamar Jackson's been balling, so. I'm Dude, yeah. I'm excited to watch him play Mahomes this week. Yeah. Uh, I think the Ravens might win that one, but we'll see. You think so? Really? Man, the Ravens if I'm not mistaken, are the number one defense in the NFL. So the other thing well, is... They've is, also is, played the Dolphins, so there's that. Well, they were still last year, like in the top five as well. So they lost C.J. Mosley, but they added Earl Thomas. Yeah, So I'm like, too. Dude, yeah, Earl Thomas is a smart motherfucker. So to me, it's like you pretty much have a safety now who is watching over the top that is a literally like a three or four time pro bowler. So you, you already have a pretty sound defense to begin with and you add that in and yeah. that's your, that's your main worry is Mahomes as a deep threat. I mean, if, dude, if you get beaten, if you get beaten shallow, then you deserve to be beaten. And that's literally how Tom Brady just beats the crap out of most people. But Mahomes is a fortune force of nature. Like, I don't think I've seen a downfield thrower like him since Peyton Manning and like, He's better than Peyton Manning. So, like, what, as from an arm-wise, I would say. Like, yeah. you know, just with arm talent. So, it, it's, one, it's one of those things to where, you know, it's just dangerous. And you, you can't hit him. So, I mean, like, what are, you, what are you supposed to do? And I think that's why most teams struggle with him. But we'll see. You know, I could be completely wrong. I mean, they gave up a bunch of points to Arizona. But, you know, they're running some, like, video game offense down there as my dad exactly. would call it so it is dude it's like madden on rookie but that's what the chiefs is too so i don't know man we'll see uh they don't have they don't have tyree kill so you, do, you know, do you know I, when he's coming back 
I have him in one of my leagues. He's I want to say he'll probably be out for a little bit. I mean, I don't believe they have a bye anytime soon. So I think he's yeah. coming back like week seven or eight. Oh, yeah. I would also recommend picking up Melvin Gordon or Golden Tate if you haven't picked him up. I picked up Gordon. I think Golden Tate and Daniel Jones will be a good combo together for, for real. That's that's a, Honestly, that's a decent offense, man. If they're all healthy, like if you think about it, and Daniel Jones plays, like if Daniel Jones plays almost like he played in the preseason, then with Saquon and you got Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, that's not a bad offense, man. Like, it's not. You got to. And you got a young quarterback too. I, I I like young quarterbacks just from an athleticism standpoint. Obviously, the inexperience doesn't do anything, but you know they they drafted Daniel Jones strictly because he was a smart guy. So, and obviously he was mentored by the same people as you know the Mannings. So they believe yeah. in him. So I I again, you know when you when you run an organization that has won Super Bowls or has been historically successful you know you got to have a, a little bit of faith in them just from my opinion like if you're if you're like a browns fan then it's i would you know be in panic mode 24 7 well of course but, especially after week one losing by 30 but well i wouldn't be a panic in panic mode this year because they're actually good but if you've been a browns fan like your entire life i wouldn't know how to feel i'd pretty much always be in panic mode is pretty much what i was saying yeah. But, but yeah, um what, I mean, what about you, man? Is there anybody Um no, I was just gonna definitely agree with you on Golden Tate picking him up because he'll be back not this week, not next week, but the one after. I think he's on his four game suspension. So once he comes back, like I really think that'll be good with Daniel Jones because not only does does having Golden Tate Sterling Shepard, Saquon, Daniel Jones, all like playing together, like as a good offense, you said, but also Daniel Jones can actually move out of the pocket. He's mm-hmm. not like running like he just got shot in the kneecaps like Eli does. Old man but, Rivers? Yeah, literally the damn crypt keeper back there. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, I'm seeing on a lot of waiver wires too, like Nelson Aguilar. Like, I don't know why he's on the waiver wires, like, in so many of my leagues, he's actually it's a decent receiver. Up. He did back. He did bad, or he did pretty dang good last week, or the so, week for week one or something. One of those two, I forgot which one. No, I was gonna say I was. I was gonna agree with you, man. If uh, if you if you see him on the waiver wire, I would definitely pick him up. Um, yeah. Or at least for the, to have him on the bench because I know Deshaun Jackson is dealing with a groin injury because I drafted him. Yep. And he's supposed to be out at, at least, I think, two or three weeks. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Dallas Coderre is hurt as well. So supposedly, and their run game is atrocious right now. So, <laughs> Yeah. And um, also there's uh, Terry McLaurin for Washington, the mm-hmm. Redskins. Case Keenum targeted him nine times last weekend. He got a touchdown. He... Honest to God, I haven't heard of him before that game that I was watching. Really? I was just watching it last week. Yeah, he so um, he was uh he was the uh, number two at Ohio State behind Paris Campbell. Oh okay, 
Yeah, um, he is like a track star, pretty much. He runs like yeah. he runs like a four three or some something like that. Yeah, I was sitting there watching it with with my girlfriend, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, "Damn, that dude is fast as hell." <laughs> and then he just got the touchdown, so I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll keep him by week uh, week ten, so he's got a lot of time to, you know, get better and get targeted before that week off." So. I also agree with that as well, man. I um I picked him up as well in one of my leagues. So Yeah, and you I mean you got AP running the ball, teams have to plan for AP. So Yeah, we'll see. If we'll, Case Keenum can actually hit the the broadside of a barn, then he's not a bad pickup. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if uh they go to Dwayne Haskins at some point this season. They they really should. I mean, they they don't they probably don't want to rush him, which isn't you know if it's not necessary and you know you're pretty much not going to be that good anyway. I I can't disagree with that. So I know the Giants are going to finish better than the Redskins this year. Yeah, to build on what you said about Terry McLaurin, <laughs> he had uh, he had seven targets too in Week One. Oh yeah, see that. So yeah. Yeah, he had seven nine. targets in week one and nine last week. Yeah, 16 targets in two weeks and a touchdown. Like mm-hmm. He also had what, I think it was 60, 69 yards, was it? 67 yards last week. So, I mean, fantasy-wise, that's 15, or that's, what, six and six? I mean, that's 12. Might, might be dependent on your league. Yeah, I, I mean, standard, how, like, six-point touchdowns, um, tenth of a point for receiving yards. You know, per per receiving weird, weird yeah. settings and stuff like that. Yeah, just like in your just in your standard leagues, it would a twelve point game from a wide receiver who you wouldn't expect to get that is you know that's pretty good. But I also feel like uh, Terry McLaurin can be like one of those boomer bus players that we were talking about earlier. So yeah, just put a, keep him on your bench. Yeah, for real. That'd be, so, I, mean, I think it's a good call. No, nah, for sure, bro. So um. Obviously, if you haven't picked it up yet, get Gears of War 5. It is an amazing yes. game. Very beautiful, as always, which can be expected from a Gears game. Uh, not really going to talk about the campaign too much because we don't want to do spoilers. We've played a little bit of it. Definitely going to be a, uh epic campaign like Gears of War 2. But we're going to talk about the multiplayer here a little bit. Um, how are you liking it so far? We've got to get a lot more hands-on time with the multiplayer than we have the campaign. So how are you feeling about it now? So I remember in the last podcast that we did, we were both kind of uh, skeptical about the, the online and how we felt about it after that first play. But I have to say now, like, I love it. Like you get used to it. Um, I still think Lancers need to be knocked down a little bit. Um, Maybe the bull talk a little bit. But, I mean, power weapons are power weapons. Shotguns need to stay the same. They're shotguns. They are Gears of War multiplayer. Um, and I feel like, I just like I said, the Lancers just need to be taken down just a little bit because it's still kind of crazy. Like, there's no moving when you're getting Lancered with an active reload. And for those of you who don't know, Lancers is the assault rifle. Just needs to get nerfed down a little bit. The weapon damage needs to get taken down a little bit. That's just this is my opinion though. But I do have to say, man, my back's my back's hurting from 
from carrying Sean in all these games. <laughs> That's the only problem. <laughs> you mean when he gets on? Yes, whenever he gets on. <laughs> Got this horrible pain in my back. Yeah, I told Sean he needs to get on tonight. So you should get on tonight. Um, How do you think? No, I, I was going to say I agree, man. Um, I definitely think the weapon damage needs to be modified a little bit, but uh, the only other thing I think is that they should also maybe make the power weapons spawn a little bit slower. Do you think? Um, I just, I'm never, I'm never a fan of, especially in a traditional style combat game like that to where it's, it's really like, I don't, I don't want power weapons to decide the match. Like, I, I don't, I don't want it to be one of those situations to where say, okay, it's, Maybe you're down three on one. Like, there's no way you're gonna be able to get a power weapon and protect yourself. So you're pretty much just gonna get demolished. The game's over. Like it. So I mean, there is no slim possibility anymore of a shotgun battle at the end where you kill everybody. Where it's like that. Those are some like of the most exciting moments in Gears. When it's like three on one, you're like, all right, all right, man. Uh, like especially when you be playing on gridlock. I mean, you get you'd have you have like a boom shot, and that's it. Or, you know, maybe like some grenades. Now it's like you'll have a boom shot, drop shot, uh, the the new heat-seeking, like, homing missile grenade, uh, rocket launcher that they have. on, And it's like, that's too much, man. Not to mention, you know, the Lancers are pretty much a, you know, a power weapon <laughs> that you carry with you. So, Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you, but I agree with you to an extent. <clears throat> I feel like power weapons are there to decide the match kind of in a way because i feel like getting those power weapons and like you know being the being having the having that battle for the frag grenades or for the grenade launcher or the m bar or something like that that's like that's fun like doing that and i mean that's where also like team coordination comes in too like do you want to go which way? I mean, I personally think it's easier to escape the grenade launcher than it is a frag grenade. Well, I, I think you bring up a good point, though, and that's and that's really just from my standpoint of like solo. So that's that's one thing that I do do want to say for anybody that is going to get the game um, is that this game is really more about the team than past gears. Toward. So it's really one of those things where if you don't have a good team which I guess you could say that about most multiplayer games. Now, if you don't have a good team, then <laughs> you're in a, you're in trouble, but you, especially you got yourself a problem in the, the current state of gears with as powerful as, uh, how powerful the Lancers are I'm like, yeah, you, you need a good team. Are you going to be in trouble? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a really good point though. Like having a team online compared to not having a team online is it's completely, you play the game just completely differently. When you play it with a team, like you can coordinate, you can go after those power weapons, like depending on how many people you have, obviously. But you got a full squad, you can send two and two and then one floater just distracting people or whatever. But when you're, I mean, when you're playing by yourself, like you might as well just, you might as well just succumb to the inevitable death of the frag grenade. Pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much your options. <laughs> there's there's no coming back from that. So, but, uh, yeah, I, man. Really, I really like it though so far. I mean, I'm excited to see what changes they make in multiplayer. 
and I really hope they put out some new maps soon, though. There's like four or five for oh. uh, Team Deathmatch. They, one need, of them, they need some DLC ASAP or something ASAP. Dude, one of them's like the equivalent of like a, a dumpster fire, man. I hate that one outside. I forgot what it's called, but I just avoid it at all costs. But I really hope they, even if they don't put in gridlock like right away, just some other new maps would be fun. I agree. I agree, man, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, go out and get the game. Obviously, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you too much about it. Uh, if you're a you know a veteran in Gears of War player, then I hope you enjoy it. We do. Uh, if you're a new Gears of War player. I don't know what you've been playing, but get this game. Uh, read up on the past history of Gears. I'd honestly tell you to, you know, download Game Pass or get those things on a backwards compatibility and play them because they're excellent games. Some of the probably one of the best franchises, honestly, story-wise, that you can play. Probably uh, my favorite series that I've that I've played, so like from start to finish. It's an amazing game, but uh. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end this one here, and thank you everybody for coming out to listen to this one. If you took the time out, we appreciate it, uh, uh, and we'll see you next week. All right, see you guys later.